Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint on Global News Radio. Right now, though, time for Counterpoint. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. We've got Stephen LeDrew, Toronto-based lawyer and broadcaster and a former president of the Liberal Party. He's here with us on the line. We've got Dennis Matthews uh, here with me as well, a conservative campaign strategist, vice president marketing and communications for Enterprise Canada. And guys, I hate to do this to you, but I've got to read to you the statement that Tony Clement put out just a couple of minutes ago. So awful. I know. I know, Stephen. I'm sorry. But we got to do this. Uh, this statement released from Tony Clement in the last uh, half hour. Over the last three weeks, I have shared sexually explicit images and a video of myself to someone who I believed was a consenting female recipient. The recipient was, in fact, an individual or party who targeted me for the purpose of financial extortion. The RCMP are currently investigating the matter to determine the identity of the party responsible for the extortion attempt. Tonight, I have resigned from my House of Commons committee assignments as well as my conservative shadow minister for justice position in order to focus on my personal life and my family, I ask that all Canadians respect my and my family's privacy at this time. I recognize now that I have gone down a wrong path and I have exercised very poor judgment. First and foremost, I apologize to my family for the needless pain and humiliation my actions have caused. I also apologize to my colleagues and my constituents for letting them down. I am committed to seeking help and the treatment I need in my personal life to make sure this will not happen again while also continuing to discharge my duties as a member of Parliament. This body is a temple, as you can see. Apparently it is. That was Tony Clement just a few days ago. Uh, he's still discharging. Yeah, apparently. Um, see, this statement, guys, hot off the presses just over the last couple of minutes. This from Conservative leader Andrew Scheer. Tonight I have accepted Tony Clement's resignation as the Conservative Shadow Minister for Justice and his resignation from his various committee roles. While I'm greatly disappointed with Mr. Clement's actions, I am encouraged that he has decided to seek help, and I wish him all the best. In doing so, um, Dennis, I'll, I'll start with you on this one, just because you and I had a quick minute to talk off the air about how there have been a couple of these over the last couple of days. On Friday, uh, Jim Wilson, the Ontario Labour Minister, resigned to seek addiction treatment. Global News reported first yesterday that, in fact, there had been allegations of sexual misconduct against him. Uh, senior advisor to Premier Doug Ford, Andrew Kimber, also apparently resigning on Friday. That story basically completely obscured by the Dennis Will- uh, the Jim Wilson story. Mm-hmm. Until the morning, uh, of uh, Monday morning, and now Tony Clement. So you and I were joking a bit off the air. Perhaps all men everywhere should just throw their cell phones away. We, we're not doing anything good with them these days. <laughs> yeah, if I was if I was working on a conservative campaign, I hate to say it, I think I'd have a no cell phone policy for uh, for all the guys, as unfair as that uh, as that might be. But you know, look on the Tony Clement stuff. It, it's sort of hugely disappointing because Tony Clement's somebody who actually should know better. And I, you know, I think in fairness, there's some a difference here between some of the the, the first two cases you talked about and uh, and Tony Clement's here. At least they're you know saying it was sort of a what he thought was a, a you know it wasn't anything sort of untowards with the the woman he was a, he was extorted. But you know he should know better. And you know and, and he should know better, especially because Tony Clement's a very prolific uh, guy on social media. He's all over Instagram. He's all over Twitter and everything. And you know here before we came more on, so than got, we like, realized. Well, more so than we realized. And there, there's two thousand tweets about this tonight alone. I mean, the, this guy is now he's he's blowing up for all the wrong reasons on, on social media, which he you know normally loves so much. Uh, Stephen, I mean, it, it's so hard to get through these conversations without everything that pops out of our mouth being a pun of some kind. Mm-hmm. But let's try to be responsible sure. commentators just for a moment here. If you're Tony Clement, what do you do next? Um, 
I feel badly for Tony. I've known him for a long time. I know his mom. He is a decent guy. Obviously, when he's not in government, uh, it's because the Liberals won. He's had too much time on his hands while sitting up there in Ottawa. I, don't, I do not understand how men take videos of themselves doing whatever sex act and send it out to someone. In this case, obviously, he didn't even know. I mean, it's like Anthony Weiner. In, uh, in New York, doing that a few years ago. I just do not understand that. I think it's insane. Uh, it's not something that you, as he says, well, I'm going to get help and treatment. Well, you know, you don't get help and treatment. All you do is, is just make the right decisions on this thing. So yeah. I think that uh, he really had no choice. I think it's unfortunate. Um, and it just shows, uh, as one of my female friends said, all you guys think with the wrong... <laughs> Stephen, I was just saying to Dennis a couple of minutes ago that over the news break, my sister texted me and said, would you all please stop thinking with your top brain, please? And I think it's funny, but guys, before you, you join me here in the last hour, I was mentioning how today when I picked my daughter up, my, my first grader from school, what all the moms were talking about as we waited for the bell to ring was the Jim Wilson story. It was the mm-hmm. Andrew Kimber story. And one one of the one of the moms asked a great question that I I, I it made me laugh, but it, I thought it was bang on. Why do adult human beings do this? Like, what what do you think is the possible reward for this? And Stephen, you've made the point, Dennis. I'll turn yeah. to you now, though. Like, how do you how do you get help for this? I mean, getting help would just be someone following you around, screaming, "Don't do stupid stuff." Yeah, I think in, especially in this case here with Tony Comment, that the help is somebody give a hammer to this guy and take it to his phone. I mean, there's just there's just no other his phone. you know, and, and his phone. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, asked us to be mature. I'm sorry, I, I, t- I took that no, shot. I acknowledge. It. But and to your point, I can just imagine a scenario here. You know, if I started texting my wife these type of photos, like I don't think I'd be married anymore. I would have the opposite impact that uh, some people seem to think it does. So, I think my wife would just be weirded out. Yeah, She'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah, stop. Stop. Would be the would be the reply. Or so. she would just reply with like a grocery list. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you obviously have not not enough to do. Yeah, yeah apparently. You, know, you talked about I, picking up your daughter and the women outside talking about it. It reminds me of the case last week when someone in the BBC, a male, was fired for saying that uh, Markle was like good looking or something like that. And the female who complained about him had already called Trudeau hot. Hot material. There are two different standards on this. I'm not, I'm not apologizing or excusing what Tony did. Really, really stupid. We've all done stupid things before. And uh, and he got caught at it, and it's a lesson to everybody. Yeah. But uh, there are two different standards in this thing. Is these days it's all the guys, and and I know you two very handsome guys. You probably had some rude messages or rude comments from women. I mean, they could not help themselves around you. Uh, but you don't go out and complain to everybody about it. Yeah, yeah. The, the cat calls are deafening. You know, the one thing I think, uh, and this is, conservatives need to be careful, though, right now. And, I, you know, I think, Matt, you're hitting on something here, the fact that, you know, moms at school are talking about this. That you yeah. don't want to have a pattern here. And you get a couple more, and, and you know, you're really seeing something that I don't think voters want uh, want to see in their politicians. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the danger here, right? I mean, it's not that necessarily that people are going to walk into that polling booth and they're going to go, well, I'm not going to vote for the party of people sending gross text messages. But if this thing gets some critical mass on social media, if it starts hitting the comedy shows, if it becomes memeable, you know, yeah. the, the conservative men with with their cell phones and 
the, the resulting personal disgrace. We're a year out from a, a federal election that shows some signs of being competitive here. And I think the Liberals have some advantages, but I think the Conservatives well, are in this fight. Second. The Liberals may have some advantages, but they have a disadvantage with Trudeau, because there was that case uh, that came out of B.C. last year, and no one argued about the allegations from that woman who 18 years ago was subject to sexual harassment from Trudeau. He said, well, we both had different ideas of it. I mean, he's a guy who has said to liberal MPs, there's a slightest allegation, you believe the woman, and you're gone. He has ruined men's lives from his own rules. And now when allegations came up about him, he didn't follow his own rules, because by his own rules, he should have resigned, which, of course, he's not going to do. Uh, so, do you think the cons- I mean, yeah, you're not wrong, mm-hmm. but do you think the Conservatives are going to make much of that over the next year? The reality of it is, I'm a pragmatist. It didn't stick. Oh, I thought it stuck very uh, well. You can't do it time after time after time, but it was weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. People yeah. were talking about it. And if there's one there, I'll bet you there's others. So it's, it could be in a year from now, we could be looking back at the election campaign and saying, this was the campaign of the outing. Yeah, no, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, that's that point. I mean, it's possible, I suppose. I'm I'm a little more skeptical uh, than Stephen, though, just because, first of all, it was talked about for weeks and weeks and weeks, but it was yeah. talked about for weeks and weeks and weeks, a year and a half before the election. election. Yeah. Right. And if there's a lot more of these things out there, I have no idea yeah. whether there are or not, but that hypothetically, gets... why would they come out right before the second mandate and not early in the first? Yeah, well, like in a pattern is what makes these things the most devastating. And, you know, right now we're dealing with there's there's the one situation. And, and it got covered. I mean, I don't know that it was necessarily like a thing that everybody on the street was talking about. It it sort of had a bit of a slow start to the story. And, you know, it, it, it did spark off a bit and then, and then went away. You know, we'll see as we get closer to the election campaign if it if it comes up again. But what I do think it did for Trudeau is it it's all these little things he's dealt with, all these little scandals, whether it's the, you know, the vacation to the private island, other things like that. Not a single one of them is going to will yeah. bring him down, but you can only take on so many of these things, and each one's a little hit, and eventually, you know, you take too many hits. Yeah, no, no uh, sorry, I see. Go ahead. No, so Matt, the thing is with these sexual allegations and and, and the admissions, and, and Tony admitted this. People are going to look down and say, "Well, there's some of the Tories, probably some of the NDP, and certainly some of the Liberals who are who are subject to this." So then we're going to say, "Okay, put it all aside. Who's going to have the best? Who's going to make the best government?" It may get to be such a, a threshold that people say, ah, you know what, everybody's made some terrible mistakes, and let's just find out who's going to be the best prime minister. Well, that. I mean, I'd love to see an election like that happen. I think, I mean, I think we'd all benefit from it. Let me ask you guys one more question. I can compl- yeah. take a completely different spin on this. Same topic, but a new spin. I want to read from you one line of Tony Clement's statement, and it's not the gross one. The RCMP are currently investigating the matter to determine the identity of the party responsible for the extortion attempt. We have all piled on a little bit here. We've all said mm-hmm. that Tony should have known better, and he should have known better. But even that, although that was my initial reaction, Dennis, I had this quick gut-level reaction of, good for him. You're being extorted. It would be very easy yeah. to panic and just pay someone off. I don't know whose idea what was it for him to walk this over to the RCMP, which must have been the most awkward conversation. At, well, second most yeah. awkward, because he would have had to explain this to his wife. But I still think he did the right thing on that. Yeah, I 100% agree with everything you just you just said. And, and that's why I do think this is different than a couple of the other, um, you know, texting and, and sort of a sexual assault allegations that we were, we've been talking about earlier in the show. This one does seem different. And, you know, he, I think what, what at this stage it appears Tony Clement is guilty of is, is bad judgment. 
And, you know, maybe we'll find out some more over the next little while. But it, it's sort of clear he's, he's doing the right thing. And, and, you know, what? I read his statement from top to bottom, and that can't have been an easy statement to write and, and put out. And, you know, he's trying to do the right thing here and, and obviously in a, in a bad situation that, you know, he put himself in. Uh, Stephen, we we got to hit a break in a minute, but I'll give you a bit of time to respond well, to that The only as well. thing is that we, we've, we've seen TV stars and, and movie stars who have been in a similar situation, and they go to the cops. And that's a smart thing to do. So if you're being extorted, you go to the cops. But you, I will take a small issue with what you said, Matt, because you said, well, of course, it would be tough to explain that to the RCMP, tough to explain it to his wife. Those are the two parties. I know his mom. I know Tony's mom. Huh. She's about 85 years old. She walks up and down Young Street, brisk as everything. She's sharp as a tack. I'd be more afraid of her than anybody. Understood. <laughs> yeah. No. She is a weapon with a smile on her face. She's lovely. Well, now, That's hopefully, we, yeah, maybe we can find out who the extortionist is and unleash her on uh, that person. <laughs> or him. Yeah, maybe so. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint on Global News Radio. Right now, Counterpoint continues. I have Stephen Drew here with me. And Dennis Matthews as well. Guys, ton of stuff actually happening out there in the news right now. This one's a little bit more serious than what we've just been talking about. Saskatchewan's looking at introducing something called Claire's Law. It's working its way through the legislature already. It's probably going to be a few months before it's ready to go. It's a really interesting law, and it could potentially have some big impacts. It would give individuals who maybe are experiencing some concerning behaviors, they're just getting into a relationship and they're starting to see some warning signs. Maybe it's that, you know, a really rush to be very intensely involved. Maybe your partner uh, wants to know where you are at all times or shows signs of excessive jealousy. Another um, warning sign would be is if they talk very negatively about a previous partner. They might say their previous partner was crazy or that they were abusive. And it could be that. It could be other people who know that individual who are saying things that are a little concerning, like be careful of that individual, that would give you cause to wonder what their history was. And currently in Canada, there is nowhere where you could go to the police and say, I want to know if my partner has any criminal history of domestic violence. That was the voice of Joanne Duzel. She's the Association uh, Executive Director for PATHS, the Provincial Association of Transition Houses and Services of Saskatchewan, where this is uh, being uh, considered. And that was about 10 hours ago while I was interviewing her. I felt 10 years younger 10 hours ago, but here we are. Uh, That was, again, Joanne Dussel. Claire's Law would make Mm -hmm. it possible, guys, for someone to go to the police and say, I have concerns about my romantic partner. Is there anything on their record that I should know about? The police would not have the ability to reach out actively. No one else would be allowed to access the information. But the police could choose to disclose if there is a history of violence. Uh, Dennis, the thing that jumped out at me as being so wild about this is something that she said in that clip we displayed from my talk with her earlier. In Canada... None of us have a right to ask the police for this kind of information already. Some people in certain jobs, teachers, people who work closely with kids or with the elderly, have background checks done before they can get that employment. But if you suspect your romantic partner, Dennis, might have a violent history, you have no legal right to that information under the current law. Yeah, so I, I was I was shocked actually, and uh, so I, I don't you know I don't know a lot about about the issue overall and and the privacy aspects and and all of that, and I imagine there's there's many of them. But, you know, this on its surface strikes me as a really great idea. I mean, I, I know people who've unfortunately been in abusive relationships and I watch sort of the system around them. 
and you know there's not a lot of support there and there's not a lot of uh, information and and yeah like you, you get these warning signs where you watch somebody sort of move into a relationship very quickly and and you you think you see some warning signs but if they were actually able to check and in the case of Claire's Law that it's named after in the UK, I mean, this is somebody who, you know, whose partner was so violent that they held a knife to, to the person's yeah. neck, and, you know, we didn't know that. Wait a second, wait a second. That woman, she gave, I think, three examples, which should be warning lights for anybody in a relationship, mm-hmm. and she said, so you won't be able to check it out. Hey, if you have those three warning lights, or one of the three in a relationship, you should have some common sense. Where is the common sense in this? This is the stupidest law or one of the stupidest laws I've ever heard of. Because where is the government, where are the police suitable to get into another area of domestic situations? And then the cop's going to get sued by the man or woman who has complained of, saying, well, you have no right to do this. It's ridiculous. If you're in a situation or getting into a situation and you have a concern about the potential date or mate or whatever it is that you're getting into, you know what, if there's a light going off, you go the other way. You don't need a cop to tell you that, oh, yeah, I mean, this guy slashed his wife uh, 10 years ago. Have some, have some individual judgment on your own, and don't get another area of the government involved in, to quote a famous Trudeau, the bedrooms of the state. Yeah, you know what? I, I agree with you insofar, Stephen, is that, I mean, if you have enough warning bells going off in your mind that you're going to go and ask the police whether or not your partner is dangerous, you might already have all the answers you need you about the viability of the relationship. But what was interesting is part of the another part of the conversation I had with uh, my, my guest earlier today, Stephen, was I asked her, she spent 20 years in frontline work in women's shelters, crisis center, th- things like that. I said to her, what would happen if a woman came in and she'd been beaten up by her partner and she's like, oh, well, he told me he lost his temper. He had a bad day. He promised me he'll never do it again. I said, what would you be able to do if you knew that that man had a history of doing this to all of his romantic partners? And she said, under the law, absolutely nothing. I would not have the legal right to disclose that information. I don't know if this system is designed logistically to work, but I think we might be on the right track, at least in how we're looking at this. Well, I think that, I think that again, I, I disagree with you, Matt, because you have an idea. And, you, you know, if, if, the, if the, they say, I, I just, this is a one-off, a bad day, then again, let their warning lights go on and uh, make your own judgment on this thing. You don't need to be told... Well, this jerk has done this 10 times before you know, or even once before. You know, but there, but there are all tight, and we all know them. There are all kinds of people who are in these relationships that have all kinds of warning signs, and, and they stick around for a whole host of reasons that are, that are unhealthy. And they and, leave because the cops tell them they did it before, because so many of these situations, no. as the three of us know, and your listeners know, there are, are women in those situations, and they, for some psychological reason, they don't get out, even though they know they should. Be or economic or physical safety. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot of reasons. But I think anything we can do to have extra warning signs or extra things available, and, and, you know, maybe there are some legitimate privacy concerns and others that have to be addressed here. But I think the intent of what they're trying to do and give people an opportunity to check if there's been a history in the past of if, you know, you have a suspicion that somebody's been arrested multiple times or other things. I mean, I think in a way a partner has actually a right to know that themselves. I'm not trying to protect the creeps. I'm not doing that at all. But my point is, is that do not rely on the police to tell you whether the guy is a creep or not. Guys, we're down to a couple of minutes here, but I wanted to put this question to you. Obviously, one of the stories that's happening, and it's big all over the world, didn't have a chance to talk about it today because that whole Tony Clement thing. But 
we have midterm results starting to come in. While I've got you here, I'll just get a, a prediction from you both. And I'm going to ask you the same question I asked some guys I was talking with earlier in the show. I want to ask you the, a prediction in, in a two-prong way here. What do you think happens tonight and what do you think happens next because of what happens tonight? So, Stephen, what do you think is going to happen tonight, and what do you think flows out of that? Well, I think it's going to be – it looks like – I've been watching it like everybody else has been and listening to it. It looks like hand-to-hand combat in various states and, and various uh, uh, Senate and House uh, races. I'm just noticing that Ted Cruz in uh, Texas looks like he's going to go down. Texas may go Democratic. So I, I don't know if there's going to be any big rules out of this. I think that uh, no matter – what the outcome, whether the, the, uh, the Republicans keep the Senate, and even if the Democrats, you know, make big roads in the House, Trump is going, to, is going to Trump. He is just going to be saying, well, you know, if I won, it's because of me. How fair am I? And if I haven't got all this, it's because of, you know, the rotten Republicans who didn't work hard enough. And it, I don't think there's going to be many changes over the next two years, because one way or another, he's still going to be that big boor out there, uh, you know, talking about how great he is. Dennis, same question yeah. to you. What do you think happens tonight, and what do you think happens after that? You know, I think for I think for tonight, uh, Republicans keep control of the Senate. They probably lose the House. Uh, you know, overall, that's that's sort of not it, it, almost a better result than you would expect normally. I think there's only been one time since uh, the Second World War where a president has uh, actually gained seats in a, in a midterms. But what does it mean going forward? You know, I'm not sure it means a ton. It's probably going to mean some more gridlock in Washington, but it's already a kind of a gridlock town to begin with. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, midterms aren't necessarily a predictor of what's going to happen in the uh, in the presidential election. Nope. So, I, you know, I, I don't think, you know, we'll, we'll know a lot about what it means going forward other than, you know, more gridlock in Washington, which is what their system and seems for, to produce all the time. For Canada, Dennis, for Canada, that's probably not going to have very much impact at all. No, I don't think for Canada too Except much impact. For the, uh, the headlines and just say, well, what do they say next? Well, guys, I mean, just from from my own two cents, I mean, I I tend to agree with you both, and if it has no impact on Canada, I will be totally cool with that. (laughs) Like, if we walk away without any further impact on us, I'm a happy guy. Uh, Guys, thanks very much for your time. Good to talk with you. We'll do it again sometime. Always a pleasure. All right, thank you. Stephen LeDrew, Toronto-based lawyer and broadcaster and former president of the Liberal Party. Dennis Matthews, a conservative campaign strategist and vice president, marketing and communications for Enterprise Canada.